It is November 12th, 2021. This is The Daily Rob, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms like subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And without further ado, the one, the only Rob Smith. Bonjour, Stuart. I am in the sixth arrondissement on the south side of the Seine. Just thought I'd jet over here for a few days and kind of hang out at Cafe de Fleur and do my go and go to the Shakespeare and Son bookstore and, you know, just be an international continental man like I am, Stiff. Are you sure you're not there to smooth over things with the French after the plan, the plan from Kamala? We campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. Well, I hope we talk about that today, Stu. Do you plan on talking to that? But, no, uh, in my opinion, we talked about it yesterday. It's just the weirdest goddamn thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> as one who tries to crack a joke every now and then and it falls flat, I get it if she was trying to be funny. But I don't think she was. I think she was really... You know, when I was a kid, I used to think I could speak German from watching Hogan's Heroes. Uh, <laughs> you know? And... Uh, uh, that's kind of what she was trying to do, I think. Uh, it's just the weirdest damn thing. Anyway. All right, so news of the day. Usually, as you know, on this broadcast, at the end of the year, uh, December 31st, we give away an MVP award. The Rob is Right MVP of the year. The Rob is Right MVP for 2021. Well, Stu, we don't have to wait another month, son. We already have her. Her name is Fiona Lachelle, and she's an eight-year-old little girl in Palm Beach County, Florida, and she got up in front of the school board and gave them hell for wearing masks. She's been expelled from school 38 times. You can keep suspending me. I still have the right not to wear a mask. It is not fair that I'm getting punished because you guys, the school board, are not following the law. That is not fair. It just isn't right. I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in, and nothing's going to change my mind. And, okay, yeah, I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. I love this little girl. I want to adopt her. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, the other thing that's kind of funny today is Joe Biden was um, talking about baseball and um, Satchel Page, and he called Satchel Page a great Negro. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Page. Well, Stu, I've never really taken offense at all these things that people take offense at, um, you know. But <laughs> he's, he's just so brain dead. Uh, what do you think of that, Stu? I mean, <laughs> we all understand that he was referencing the specific league and that's why he said that 
but it just goes to show how mush his brain is where he can't flow things together. And what he's also trying to talk about is how old that, how old Tony Blinken's dad is and how old he is and how they're like Satchel Paige, who was an active baseball player into his old age. But we have to, we give Joe Biden maximum leniency for all of his snafus verbally, where we would not see that with anyone else. Uh, imagine if Trump said the exact thing that Joe Biden did. Yeah. And again, I, I don't care that people say these words, they're words. And um, just because you say a word that the popular media says you can't say doesn't mean that it means what they want to denote it means. But the fact that he's so brain dead and he gets away way with it when no one else would, I just think is is funny. And again, I do think it shows that his brain is deteriorated. So he's talking about Anthony Blinken, our secretary of state, his dad, who was a big investment banker, active in politics, was the president of the Mark Rothko Foundation. And every time I see a Rothko painting, I flip it off because it is an insult to artists. Now, interesting thing about this with the Blinkens and how they're essentially one of these very affluent political families. Blinken's wife, Evan Ryan, guess what she does? I don't know. So what she did? She's a White House cabinet secretary. Kind of sounds like nepotism. Kind of incestuous, is it not? Very much so. And Blinken, this is the same guy who, in my opinion, had the failed Iranian policy. He drafted it up. He did compliment Trump for helping the U.S., helping the U.S. forge Israeli-Bahrainian communication. But the whole thing is just another example of, hey, this is the Biden administration, and we're all in this bitch to get rich. So doesn't matter if your wife is also working in the office with you. Everyone who wants to get in is in there to get paid. And it's just kind of gross. And so Anthony Blinken, who his dad was in politics, he's now in politics. He got his wife involved, working at the same place pretty much. Now, he has been very verbal about how the U.S. will not have any relationship with anyone who harbors terrorists or does not offer basic human rights. However, Saudi Arabia, the great Saudi Arabia, with the best women's rights in the world, am I right? Yeah, well, yeah. So when did women start driving in Saudi Arabia? I think about a year ago. Yeah, it was in 2018. (laughs) And so women to this day can't travel, conduct business, And they can't get any kind of medical procedure without the written permission of a male guardian. And yet we all know we do lots of things with Saudi Arabia. So it's just another example of a entrenched political families in it for themselves. And then B, they have this kind of faux gentleness, warm hearted, egalitarian view to the world. And we know that's not the case because they say one thing. And do something completely different. 
it's just a semantic tool to get what they want. Stu, they're untouchables because they control everything and they have um, politicized uh, the Justice Department and they get away with, it, with whatever they want. And they don't even have to be transparent about it anymore. So. And they're so, they're so, this is so blatantly in our face that his dad's up there getting all this praise and rewarded and blah, 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 because it's just self-aggrandizing. Yes, indeed, Stu. Yeah. Anyway, Stu, moving on. Um, Dementia Joe also yesterday in a little speech he made, he talked about the infrastructure bill. And the example he used is how many moms and children have to go and get in the car and go to McDonald's and sit in the parking lot to pick up their internet so that they can hear. That's what he said. <laughs> what? what the hell does any of that mean? But yeah, how many times you driven your kids to the parking lot of McDonald's and sat there going off McDonald's internet so you could hear anyway. Uh, so, uh, and then he also in the same speech, uh, was talking about how great it is we have this in inflation because it means the economy is doing so well. And then in a kind of a, like a cheerleader um, expression on, on his face, he said, can you believe we're paying $4.50 for a gallon of gas? Like that's a good thing. Again, Stu, he's a bizarre motherfucker. Moving on to COVID news, Stu, we got our CDC director, Walensky, and she says children should wear a mask even after they're vaccinated. Um, and still, they don't pay attention to what's going on out there. It just shows they don't care. Um, here in Virginia, also in uh, Loudoun County, in the little town of Alden, there was a drugstore, a pharmacy that was giving out COVID-19 shots Two children between five and 11, it gave out 102 of them. And guess what? They were the adult shots. They jabbed into the little kids. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this Ted Pharmacy in Loudoun, even though Pfizer has set up a color-coded system, so pharmacists don't confuse the 10 microgram dose with the 30 microgram dose, it still happened. They're not allowed to administer the vaccine anymore. They have had all their doses taken away from them. And the Department of Health here in Virginia, they're advising parents, well, wait 21 days and then just get start the cycle up again or once you, or you can go get your second dose. But you should maybe also talk to a pediatrician as well. So that's their advice and, and wait for it. Keep an eye out for any possible side effects. What? <laughs> They're admitting the vaccine has side effects. <laughs> Speaking so, of side effects, Stu, there was a, uh, this mountain bike champion, and this is happening all across the world. It's happening to regular people, but the athletes seem to get the attention. His name is Cal Warner, and he got the shot. And guess what? He's developed pericarditis, 
and his career may well be over. In a Michigan township um, in which they gave out the COVID-19 booster shots, they've had to, uh, to the teachers, this is Sagawa County, they've had to close a bunch of schools because the teachers had, guess what? Negative side effects. And still in my final story, um, this is about um, a lady by the name of Dana Nesson, and she's the attorney general of Michigan, and she's the one who cheated during the election um, in that she, uh, in, she put forth all these COVID rules, which were unconstitutional, um, and then when um, the people in Michigan discovered all the fraud with the election, she just turned the other way and wouldn't do anything. Well, Stu, she got elected because she doesn't have a penis. That was her um, campaign. I don't have a penis, vote for me. If the last few weeks has taught us anything, it's that we need more women in positions of power, not less. So, when you're choosing Michigan's next Attorney General, ask yourself this. Who can you trust most not to show you their penis in a professional setting? Is it the candidate who doesn't have a penis? I'd say so. Uh, also, when she got elected, the uh, marijuana referendum was on the book, so she got a lot of young kids. But she went to the University of Michigan and the... Um, Michigan State game, and she got just knee-crawling drunk at the game. Now, here she is, the chief law enforcement officer for the whole state. She had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. She threw up on somebody. Um, hey, but that's all cool. Uh, you know, she's hip. Um, now, still, you know, I don't drink, and I've never been a Nazi about it. Um, but I do think you get a little older and you get in positions of responsibility. You know, you, you can't act like you're 21 years old. And much of the left does act that way. Well, she issued a statement. Um, um, and I'll read it to you. And she tried to be tongue in cheek and funny. But I think what she really does is, is, is illustrate um, how banal and not a serious um, official she is. My staff has pleaded with me to hire a crisis management PR firm for an incident that occurred on 1030 at the football game. Instead, I thought I would just share the events which transpired that fateful day. Before the big game, I attended a tailgate at the on an empty Empty stomach, sir. Empty, empty stomachs, faults, too. Much to my surprise, Michigan State U tailgates tend to have more alcohol than food. <laughs> so I thought it seemed like a good idea to eat two Bloody Marys, since as long as you put enough vegetables in them, it's practically a salad. <laughs> as it turned out, this was not a brilliant idea. Also, I might be a terrible bartender. I proceeded to go to the game and started to feel ill. 
I laid low for a while, but my friends recommended that I leave so as to pre prevent me from vomiting on any of the constituents. I had a few folks help me up the stairs and someone grabbed a wheelchair so as to prevent me from stumbling in the parking lot. Like all smart people attending festivities where drinking occurs, I had a designated driver. I went home, fell asleep on the couch, and my wife threw some blankets on me and provided me with some water and, and Tylenol for what she knew would be a skull-crushing hangover the next day. Best wife ever. So there, that's the scandalous tale of the events which transpired at Tailgate Gate. What is it? Also, at some point, it seemed like a good idea to make the governor take a picture of Ron Weiser. Sorry, governor. Just so one doesn't have to imagine what the scene might have looked like, I've attached a handy photo. Normally, I would ask trusted and communication savant Kelly Rosemary McKinney for advice on how best to handle this crisis, but she died last night, so I can't. She really did die. I don't really get the humor in that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's too dark for even my taste. It's just bizarre. I am human. Sometimes I screw up. This was definitely one of those times. My apologies to the entire state of Michigan for this mishap, but especially that Michigan fan sitting behind me. Some things you can't unsee. That's the Michigan fan she threw up on, Stu. And again, it just shows you the immaturity and the clownishness of the left. I mean, I can't imagine a serious politician in office having responsibilities writing something like that. What do you think, Stu? I would say the either the right policy was just to say fuck off and keep moving forward or just not even address it. But the maturity level of how it's addressed I think is just bizarre and reads like some high school or college kid. Yeah, exactly. Like I think some, some of these leftists just never grow up. Yeah. Um, and that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It, it sounds like something a 21 year old would write. So anyway, mm. that's what I got. Stu. I will add this one story. So Gene Simmons, who is the bass guitarist in Kiss, he was recently interviewed and he had some very tough words for those who have not received the vaccine. And I think he did this largely because Kiss is kind of in hot water right now concerning the fact that when they were on tour, their longtime guitar tech died from COVID. And there were a lot of complaints about how they weren't taking it very seriously. And so this was covered in Variety and Rolling Stone. And would you believe it that both Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley had breakthrough infections and tested positive for COVID? So it was seen in the eyes of many that they enabled this to happen. They didn't take things seriously. Their tour is now ceased and they're not doing their residency anymore at in Las Vegas. But Gene Simmons, you know, being the 
highly moral person that he is said that if you are willing to walk amongst us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. Direct quote. <laughs> and so I think he's trying to cover his own ass because of this. But it just but for me, it's just the reality of the situation is you can't just put blame on anyone. You you we don't we do, you there's no way in court, I think, to really prove out of a shadow of, of a doubt that you gave someone COVID. Yeah, it's no way. Yeah, I get it, Stu. You know, the evilness of wanting people to get sick, too, is it's just um, disconcerting. Well, he has a very kind of interesting history. Um, he did, in that same interview, say that he felt that politics are the enemy and he doesn't like the Democrats or the Republicans. He is a citizen of Israel, and his mom was a Hungarian Jew who had survived the Holocaust and settled in Israel. And he kind of gave this argument that, you know, well, we have red lights, so the government doesn't want you to run the red light, so you can't do all, you can't have maximum rights. The government has the right to tell you not to smoke here, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to say, Motherfucker, you would imagine if your mom survived the Holocaust that you would understand that sometimes a government can be wrong on their restrictions of things. But I guess that thought hasn't crossed his mind. But well, those things he listed as rights, the example, rights are not um, regulations and ordinances, as he suggests. Um, rights are enumerated liberties. You kind of miss that point, Stu. I know, I know, but I mean, it's, it, but it's this, and we've talked about this before, like their critique on rights is always this very just kindergarten level analysis of the situation. Yeah, it's kind of like what they uh, think should be fairness, they describe them as rights. But Stu, oh, oh. Ooh, I forgot. Guess what? What? Gavin Newsom had negative reactions to the COVID uh, shot he got. And that's why he was out for two weeks, two weeks, according to the Daily Telegraph in London. Okay, Uh, so that's official, official now. Well, it's not official because he denies it. But again, it's almost certainly true when you piece together piece to gather all the facts, but it shows you how nefarious and evil they are, knowing that the booster has these negative effects that knocked him out for two weeks, and he might be permanently sick from it. We don't know, but yet they won't admit it um, to help other people for political reasons. I mean, it's It's unbelievable. I mean, one of the moms in Loudoun County, Dasha Hermosila, she said that she felt that and her seven-year-old received this massive dose. They, she felt that everyone was acting like it was no big deal. However, you know, out of this doctor out of Texas, Dr. Stanley Spinner, he, he works at the Texas Children's Hospital. He said when someone of that age receives that large of a vaccine dose, 
that their liver and their kidneys can't even quantify it. So you might have given, what, 112 kids possible liver and kidney damage for the rest of their life because you as a medical professional couldn't look to make sure you were giving them the right dose when wow. the Pfizer one has been color fucking coded. I mean, it gets me fuming. Well, again, it, I blame it all on the government more so than I blame it on the druggists who did it because we're rushing into doing this thing and hysteria and fear is being spread when it shouldn't be. And people are not taking the precautions they ordinarily would just to get it done. And um, I mean, your government is killing people, basically. Yeah. And they're fine with it. Brutal. So going into the weekend, do you have any words of wisdom for us? I do, Stu. And I'm going to read you a poem about really the fall, the time of year we're in. And, you know, Stu, a lot of poetry, when it discusses autumn and the fall, there's this kind of metaphorical element that ties the fall to kind of death and darkness and things like that. But, Stu, you're like me. We're joyous folks. Uh, we see the good in everything. And... Um, this is a poem about the fall that looks at the fall as a time of plenty and a beautiful time. And it's written by an Englishman who died when he was 25 years old, but he's still uh, one of the famous poets of all time, John Keats. Here it goes to season of mist and mellow fruitfulness Close blossom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless. With fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run, to bend with apples the mossed cottage great trees, and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core, to swell the ground and plump the hazel shells with a, with a sweet kernel to set budding more. And still more, later flowers for the bees, until they think warm days will never cease, for summer has obrimmed their clammy cells. Who hath not seen thee oft amid thy store? Sometimes whoever seeks abroad may find thee sitting careless on a granary floor, thy hair soft lifted by the winnowing wind, or on a half-reaped furrow, sound asleep, drowse with the fume of poppies while they hook, spares the next swath and all its twined flowers. And sometimes, like a gleaner, thou dost keep, steady thy laden head across a brook, or by a cider press with patient look, thou watchest the last oozings hours by hours. Where are the songs of spring? Ay, where are they? Think not of them, thou hast thy music too. While bared clouds bloom the soft dying day and touch the stubble plains with rosy hue. Then in a wailful choir, the small gnats mourn among the river sallows borne aloft. 
or sinking as the light wind lives and dies and full grown lambs loud bleat from hilly born hedge crickets sing and now with trouble soft the red breast whistles from a garden croft and gathering swallows twitter in the skies that's what i got Stu. damn good point right on yeah i think it's all right uh, you know he was um he was not well received in life he they thought he was kind of a uh, startup because although he was very well educated he was a cockney oh. and a lot of people looked down upon him at that particular time in england mm. that's how it goes sometimes you're only appreciated in death there you go Stu. i've a right to be here if i like same as you Woman who utters such disgusting and depressing noises has no right to be anywhere, no right to live. Remember that you're a human being with a soul and the divine gift of articulate speech. That your native language is the language of Shakespeare and Milton and the Bible. Don't sit there crooning like a bilious pigeon. Ow! Look at her, a prisoner of the gutters. Condemned by every syllable she utters. By right, she should be taken out and hung for the cold-blooded murder of the English tongue. Ah!